Download the app. Bet big, win bigger. I've got to tell you, I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're from Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $5, win $400. If you're a new WinBet player, you can make your first deposit of $20 or more and become eligible for the offer after opting in. Following your first deposit, you can place a minimum $5 straight bet on any spread, over, under, or money line wager with odds of minus 120 or greater and have a chance to win $400 as a free bet credit. Come on, guys and gals. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Download the app, bet big, and win bigger. And let's get after it. Terms and conditions apply, must be 21 or older, and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. It's the Green Light Podcast. Thanks for listening. Mm. I hope everybody had a great holiday. We're back with some football. Stanford Steve, Chris Long, recap. NFL's Week 16 go through the Chargers-Texans and David Culley's masterful coaching job in Houston. The Bengals-Ravens, Joe Burrow's record-setting performance, and John Harbaugh's post-game reaction. They talked the Patriots-Bills and the playoff implications stemming from that AFC East matchup. And of course, we go through all your Monday mentions. Enjoy this one, folks. Groveton, Texas. Hello! Hello! I got that fucking right this time. Yeah, you did. You actually, and you... Uh, and I had, uh, undermodulated. Yep, you enunciated, enunciated the hello very well. everything. Very well. We're firing on all cylinders here at the Greenlight Studios at Studio J. I'm watching, like, uh, the Cowboys just throttle Washington here. We'll have Steve on a little bit to talk about uh, mainly the AFC race because there were a lot of AFC elites playing over the weekend. NFC, the picture's a little bit clearer here. But I'm saying hello to Groveton, Texas because uh, my man Lane Johnson scored a touchdown today. I don't know that he's had one since uh, community college. Juco. Quarterback. Since he was at school. Uh, he was, he was, since he was worried about his schooling, Hey Lane, that was awesome. And for a great dancer, I wasn't even nervous about, you know, like when you're Lane Johnson, you can do an unironic touchdown dance. You know, like a lot of the other big guys will do some like lean into the, the, the big guy touchdown thing 
this guy can really dance. I mean, he's a dancing bear, dude. And maybe a little bit of it was like the Eagles being like, hey, Lane, little pick-me-up. I know you got absolutely snubbed in the Pro Bowl uh, this year. I don't even think he was an alternate, which is asinine. And it's why, like, there's always an ugly side to this stuff. But touchdown makes it feel a little bit better. And a big win for the for the birds, man. They they're are they in the driver's seat? Like if they win, they're in, basically. Yeah, if they win their last two games, then they're definitely in. They got over sixty percent chance now that Washington's lost. So you basically got three NFC teams playing for two spots. So they're going to be watching that Saints game tomorrow, or you're tonight at home very closely. Yeah, and and I you know I'm going to be rooting hard for the Dolphins there, and you've got the football team and the Cowboys remaining. I just think the Eagles, as a side note, we're not going to go deep into this game for anybody who's just tuning in here. They start too slow. Okay, I know it was a short week, but there was a point uh, where they didn't get going until they were down 3 nothing to a team that was perfectly fine with handing the ball off and kicking on third and 10 in plus territory. So, like, the Giants were not out there trying to win that football game today. I don't mean that, like, to, like personally, I'm just saying overall – not an aggressive mindset. They find themselves in a dogfight with them before it goes 31 points in the second half for them. But, you know, kudos to Nick Sirianni, who continues to impress. Even though I didn't love the play call the first 15 plays, I mean, you got five runs, 10 passes there. Remember who butters your bread. Uh, Sirianni had COVID this week. Um, I'm sure meetings were an adventure. I'm sure preparing was an adventure. You played two teams in like four days or five days or whatever it is. They got fucked scheduling, and they came out of this thing 2-0, and so good for them. And good for Jalen. Jalen had another nice day. You know, it took a little bit to get going. The booing thing is funny. Reed, this week, the Eagle, there were some Eagles players who tweeted like, hey, don't boo us anymore. And they got booed today. Yeah. <laughs> Damn right they got booed today. The boo birds were out early. What's your stance on getting booed? If you were a pro player. Well, I've never played pro football, but if I – played and i got booed in my home stadium i would not be very happy but no the matter tra- but the trade-off is that it's fucking awesome when you win there right right i'm sure that they give the love the same amount of love that they share i'd rather be in that kind of a relationship you know like passionate yeah. both ways i want it but i want it like you can yell at me but you also gotta like there's some sort of support yeah. in the in the booing like come on like the stick the meme with the stick it's the meme with the stick and like there was a point there was like a a a whole booing sequence that was hilarious here personally i'm of the opinion that if you don't play well uh and you play in a city like philly which is i'm not kissing ass here i promise (laughs) you i think some people think i'm kissing ass listen man for football to matter and play in a big time east coast market where they go nuts and they're drinking in the parking lot at four in the morning for a you know, 9 p.m. game. I mean, like, I'll take the trade off. When I play like shit, getting booed, it's part of the deal. That's just my opinion. But there was a a point today where it's third and 10 for the Eagles, and actually Giants are in the neutral zone, and the Eagles fans start booing because they're just in a frenzy. It's like 0-0 or 3-0 way too late in this game. I mean, Jake Fromm is the fucking quarterback for the Giants, and then he gets benched for Glennon. It's just insane. Um, on the same day, we find out that Joe Judge and Daniel Jones will be back. Um, so they're booing on third and 10. Uh, then it goes to third and five. The Eagles fans realize that the penalty was on the Giants. On third and five, 
Uh, they pick up the first down, but Devontae Smith is penalized for a hold uh, or an OPI, and then they're booing again. And then, uh, and then there's another. <laughs> on third and ten, they there's a draw, slight boos, and then they miss the fucking field goal. More <laughs> boos. So like, Eagles fans did a lot of booing today, and they should if they feel like it. They they should boo. I well, know I'm safe. I'm in my chair now, and I never got booed there, and I was in and out. But yeah, I'm fine with booing. And it says something that even if, no matter what, they won't wait until the refs explain the flag. They see they see laundry on the field. Boos are coming. And I do think I agree. The, 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 the least of the boos in that sequence were on third and ten when they, they just handed the ball off. Because I think even the Eagles fans were like, all right, fuck it. We, <laughs> let's just lay up here and kick a field goal. Um, hey, shout out to Rodney McLeod. Caused the singleton pick six. Also picked up a pick, six, or a, a pick of his own. And Sweat and Avery were, were really good. I mean, Avery set up a pick. Sweat had a bunch of hits and pressures. Don't let these, these teams hang around. In playoffs... Uh, you start that slow, might not come out victorious. Uh, Eagles are going to slide in this thing. They're going to slide in, Reed. Hey, we should give out best plane ride right off the bat. Do you have any any entries? I can give you one. Bills. They yeah. go into New England. They beat New England. They beat them pretty handedly. They tie up Mac Jones. They get after him. And it's a macro win, too. We, exactly. said, we said even weeks ago, I was like, man, if they lose this game, like they're going to be talking about a lot of stuff. If they, they, they get swept by the Pats and say they don't get in the playoffs, which has looked like a possibility at times, like had this gone a different way, I mean, things could have got kind of weird there in Buffalo. And I, I had no idea that they were going to take it to them so handily. I thought they'd, they, they'd have a shot to win. But this was impressive. They dealt with a um, with Bill coming into Orchard Park three weeks ago and running the ball down their throat. Yeah, and they came right back in. Bills finished with a pretty easy schedule: home for Atlanta, home for the Jets. Yeah, the, so the Bills are coasting now. The Patriots play. have a good have a pretty easy schedule. They've got the Dolphins a little harder, but yeah, the Dolphins the, the Dolphins game could be a real a it, real challenge. It, it for could them. be interesting, but the the biggest thing is the Bills are now in the AFC East had, uh, number one spot. If the Patriots were like a kid that was sick late at night because they're not playing real well lately, Jacksonville's like uh, some children's Benadryl right. or some, <laughs> some, some NyQuil or something that's going to make things get better. I mean, this is a that's get right. well weekend for them coming up. Although, I, if I'm the Pats, I don't take anything for granted uh, because they haven't been stopping the run so well. And we'll talk to Steve about all that. Worst plane ride. I might give it to this game right here. The oh football my God, team. God, that's a really good call because I was going to say we've got the Chargers. They fucking tricked it off. The Chargers are a good. You've got one. your Broncos, who yeah. we can talk about after we Ugh. talk to Steve. But uh, there was even another one. There, there was a bunch of bad plane rides today. This one might be the worst. Yeah, you're right. You're damn right. It's the worst one because Washington and they're already losing. If they lose this game the way I think it, it looks like they're they're going to lose this game. They're going to land at, I mean, these, these Sunday night games get done around 1130 at night. They're going to land probably six in the morning yeah. back to the nation's capital. They, and have, they have no name. Right, right. Okay. The fucking players are fighting. We'll talk yep. about that. I mean, shit. At one time, there were high hopes for this team. And they were these good looking uniforms, these all reds yeah. that I like. And uh, Bordeaux. They're Bordeaux. That's right. Yeah. Um, shout out to Will Blackman. Yeah. Um, wine MVP. Wine MVP. I also blue wire guy. But 
Yeah, the, the thing about Washington that's so fucked up is there was like some tepid excitement about this team at the beginning of the season. And certainly they're in the hunt right now, probably not anymore at the end of this game, but they're in the hunt. Uh, at the beginning of the season, we thought this was going to be Fitzy's heroic, you know, last stand, mm-hmm. make the playoffs outright. They they lose him. You're like, fuck, it's over. They claw their way back into this thing a lot of really close wins and gutsy performances that probably end up wasted they won four in a row yeah. won four of their last six they were six and six at one point they're yep. about to be six and nine yep and this is the one that probably breaks their back right. so yeah washington sorry really resilient fans up there we grew up with a lot of them yeah aren't they really resilient really resilient i mean I, my best friend is a Washington fan. You would think and, they don't see the games. Oh, I know. And he's got he's got a, a Patrick Ramsey jersey from back in the day. Yeah. He had a Clinton Portis jersey, yeah. which I was so devastated when they traded from the Broncos, but I was very happy who we received. Yeah. Um, that he's going to rot somewhere and not right. actually succeed somewhere right. and make you guys look bad. Yeah, yeah. I was happy with his career because he, he, he played great. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he had a Todd Collins jersey from back in the day. Um, but he has been tortured, and I feel bad for him. Yeah, it's fucked up being a Washington fan. This is the perfect time to get off the elevator, or you know, get off the <laughs> like when when uh, when you don't have a football oh. team name, uh, you could just exit stage left, but you didn't. You're stuck for life. Mm-hmm. By the way, cowboy, did you have a good Christmas? I did. Great yeah, Christmas. That's good. Hung out with me, parents, and me, brother, uh, sus, uh, sus, sus padres, si, sus padres, sus madres, see. Si. See, si. <laughs> your dad's and your mom's. <laughs> yeah, uh, Sumatra, all my Supadre. dad's and all my mom's. Yeah, no, no. So tw- twice, Reed. You didn't ask me how my Christmas was. Well, that's what I was about no, to. I he... thought you were going to pull something up, but. <laughs> And earlier I sneezed, and nobody said "God bless you." You know, your heart stops when you sneeze, Reed. <laughs> I've never heard that. Is that proven? That's what they Are you say. A doctor? <laughs> They say it stops momentarily, which is kind of like, you know. Is that one of those nine out of ten doctor things? No, no. (laughs) Um, How was your Christmas? Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. It was good. Did Luke Uh, get all the Cheetos he wanted? Yeah, Luke got his Cheetos. And when he got his Cheetos, it was more of a... It was more of a like a, a sigh of relief than you know like joy, and he yeah. just he was he just put his hand out and he <laughs> grabbed a bag. So nine a.m. Christmas morning, Luke got a box of Cheetos. He asked uh, Santa for uh, Cheetos and paper. Hey, I want to get your take on something. Tory Smith was on a rampage about Santa. I saw this. <laughs> he's anti Santa. Yeah, and I, I get where he's coming from. You know, hey. We don't talk about Santa in my house. I want my kids to know that I busted my ass to yeah. provide for them, and I am all about that. Yeah. But why stop there? When you bless the food on Thanksgiving, and you notice he didn't respond to me when I brought this argument <laughs> up, but like when you bless the food on Thanksgiving and you thank the Lord for all the food, like I went to Harris Teeter yesterday <laughs> with my hard-earned cash. So you draw the line with Santa? Right. The whole holiday is a leap of faith, is it not? Yeah, no, I agree. I went down to Dr. Fax Turkey Farm. I got the turkey. Did you? you know? Well, no, I'm just oh, saying. Oh, I was yeah, like, yeah. did you really get a Dr. Fax turkey? <laughs> I have a Kelly Bronze turkey. It's frozen in my fridge. <laughs> also, shout out to Fax. He's visiting his sister this week. Another thing, how quickly do you uh, take the Christmas tree out of your house? Like, It right, stays right out away. for a little bit. No, it's through New Year's. Keep it up through New Year's. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jeff like Schwartz, Jeff Schwartz is just trolling at this point. He fucking... Did he throw it out? Yeah, he takes pride. Like, his wife dragged the tree out. <laughs> Former offensive lineman can't Couldn't drag his tree. own tree out. You do your own dirt, <laughs> man. At 9 a.m. Christmas morning, 
you had better believe my tree, as dead as it is, is going to be up there for yeah. another week. Yeah. My dad's birthday is is early in January. It stays oh, up when? past his, the second. Oh, our yeah. dads. Our dads. That's Birthdays. right. Yep. Yeah. Second and the sixth. Yeah. Happy birthday to our dads. Our dads. Let's make sure we don't forget that. Yep. So that's good. Uh, and in other news, you'll see the Saints tomorrow night and you'll maybe see why. This is why you bet the Dolphins. Because the Saints <laughs> called Philip Rivers... And Andrew Drew Brees. Brees. That's right. They called them both, and both those guys, not only the act of calling them, right, but also the act of those guys being like, nah. Like, I can definitely <laughs> see why Drew Brees would not want to do it anymore, but for Phillip Rivers not to be like, yeah, I think I can take a fucking snap or two. Like, well, I know he doesn't freaking cross. snap. A freaking snap or two. He's just like, nah, I think I, think I could throw a 98-yard touchdown. Yeah, I think I could. I, th- I think he's perfectly happy where he is, and he's even happier seeing, uh, you know, like with his decision, seeing the Saints play tomorrow night. So a little, I'm going to bet the Dolphins. I have a question for you. Yeah. Would this constitute an OA award as a defensive player? You watch Zach Wilson run 52 yards. Would that just tick no, you off? No, because that was all about the defense. It wasn't about Zach Wilson being a freak athletically. It was all about... I think it was number eight slowed up mm-hmm. on the sideline. Like there's this whole, hey, Kenny Pickett fake spike thing, the whole am I going out of bounds thing. Bad, bad deal. And right. by the way, the end of that Jacksonville game, I was going to say Jacksonville might have the worst plane ride. Yeah, but that's perpetual. Yeah, but here's the thing. Like <laughs> you get rid of Urban Meyer, you get clean. Like the metaphor would be like right. I'm not a, an alcoholic anymore or something, and you're still a disaster. Right, the problem still The problem is still up. you. It wasn't exactly. the substance. Right. Uh, it's the end of the game. And what is it? They final spike drive the ball on third and one. It's 26 21. They're driving. The first two, beautiful throw from Lawrence to the out to right. Tavon Austin. Yep. They get 17 yards there. Then he hits O'Shaughnessy for eight. Then he goes back to O'Shaughnessy. He's injured. They have to burn their final timeout. They run a couple plays, a couple gains, and then it's Trevor Lawrence down the sideline for 26 yards. Yep. They get to the five-yard line, first and five at the five, first and goal. Yeah, at this point, I had hit the live line for like, you know, a hundo or something. Yep, and, and you, everyone saw it on the, making, make, on the live I, I had stream. Jacksonville teased, yep. so I was really glad to grab them in a teaser, uh, and then Macon had them money line mm-hmm. and six other ways. And then it's a incomplete pass. That's right. Then he hits uh, Marvin Jones on the deflection. Right. Where it hits the the defender, and then he still catches yes. it, but he's short. Yes. Then it's tick, 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 tick. Yep. He has to clock it, but he had they 13 seconds. They don't have another seconds. play. They... Yeah, and you don't so have it's like a you know spread them out. Let's go. It's, let's just, you got to know it on the top, and it's third and one at the one. You wouldn't at least just run like also, some screen. They, they gave up a kick return for a touchdown, mm-hmm. and the Jags were the right side for you poor bastards that didn't tease them. The tease God sends his condolences. <laughs> I do want to say this: the Steelers. I will forever be mad at the Steelers, bro. The Steelers. You you saw it. I had the Steelers under. And the second half, the death grip went on this game like nothing else. And we're sitting there. It's 36 to 3 or something. And it's fourth and four. (laughs) This is after the Steelers kick inexplicably on fourth and 10 in the second half. If you're a guy who's, who's betting the under and a team's chasing in chase mode, you feel bad about them being aggressive, right? Mm -hmm. But you feel good about the fact that they're going to have to convert in, in fourth and you know, eight, fourth and 10 situations, oftentimes when they should kick otherwise. And that Mm -hmm. shit adds up. And Tomlin, 
kicked the field goal, took that extra three points, and then late in the game has the audacity to, to make it on fourth and four. Uh, they haven't been able to score a touchdown all game. They cover at the end of the football game. That was a terrible swing play for me. And the Steelers, I'm so over their players celebrating at dumb times. <laughs> like, just whether it's a DB mugging the crowd down 40 points in the first half, yep. like running over to the corner, like you had a PBU, I get it, like play with emotion, but there's a fine line between emotion and like swag. Being down is not a good time to have swag, dude. Same thing with the receivers getting up, taunting down uh, big. Like they're just carrying over from that Vikings game. I don't know. I don't know what it looks like. If I'm Mike Tomlin, depending on who, if I get a great job offer somewhere in college or something next year, I might be deuces, bro. Your team is full of guys that like to spin the fucking football on like <laughs> they're down three touchdowns. Like you catch a slant, spin the football. You're right. Launch an NFT. <laughs> Steelers like one first down on, on uh, one third down conversion, down five scores. Fuckers are spinning footballs. They're debuting their new logo. <laughs> like in the TV timeout, bro. Stop. Please. Stop. You thought the juju thing was bad. Right. You know, like when Clyde Edwards Hilaire exploded two Steelers at the goal line, yeah. like, and they knocked each other off, and he didn't even flinch. Spillane and Highsmith. Little fucking cinder block on wheels. That sounds like a uh, Spillane and Highsmith. That sounds like a uh, a cop duo. It does sound but like, like a, a secondary uh, yeah. cop duo. Spillane is definitely the the dirty cop. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like the guys making a play for the number one yeah. cop detective group. Yep. Yep. Spillane and Highsmith. Spillane and There's Highsmith. always two of them. But those two, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Let them bounce into each other. and took Yeah, off he made them look silly. I heard mm -hmm. a cartoon noise. <laughs> I just wanted to say I wasn't even mad, dude. I mean, like, I was kind of mad, but I was like, you know what? Fuck the Steelers, bro. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I just wanted to complain about the Steelers. Why don't we get to Steve, and then we'll complain about your Broncos to finish That sounds show. good. Yep. We can be sad. TickPick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Visit TickPick.com, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, -I -I got rid of all the service fees that the other sites charge. TickPick guarantees the best prices on all of their NFL games. If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. If you're like me, and you can't wait to get back into an NFL stadium, visit TickPick.com. Sunday Steve's here, and I was just sitting here debating whether I just make one more one more bet. It helps me do my job, Steve. Does it? Okay. Yeah, it's, it's a cost of doing business, so to speak. It's halftime, okay? I have the, uh, the Cowboys. Okay, that looks good. And I mm -hmm. also have the, uh, the, the Under, uh, which I bought to 47. No point in doing that because uh, the total has gone over already at the half, and the Cowboys damn near did it themselves. So, Steve, I'm sitting here. I'm looking at second half, and I'm looking at 20 and a half being the total, and I really like the over, but you and I were just talking about what? Dak. Getting hurt in the past. Maybe McCarthy doesn't want to lose his job. Maybe. But I think Maybe. also defense is relaxed. I'm going to take the over. I think Heineke. Okay. I think Washington scores 14 points in the second half, and I think Dallas does too. 
And Steve, you you saw the probably the most viral moment of the first half was the uh, the fisticuffs on the sideline yeah. there. Yep. Yeah. I I mean, everybody's obviously got their opinions on it, and I don't think anyone knows what exactly was had. Then you get into the idea of putting your finger on someone's forehead. You said it. You said it. That's where I land on this thing, okay? At first, I was like, geez, Jonathan Allen, punching a guy in the face is a little much on the sideline. And then uh, when I saw Payne, who kind of was like really upset right after, like he was shaking mad. And if you've ever been shaking mad, it sucks. Uh, Especially because you're like, I know all the cameras are on me. I just got punched in the face. There's a little mark on my face. Like you saw mm-hmm. the little, the little, which actually was pretty good considering how fucking powerful Jonathan Allen probably is. Yeah, that yeah. that would kill a trainer. Oh Lord, no, yeah, no chance. But when you put your finger in a guy's face, it's hard to sit there afterwards and be like, "Hey, I'm really mad. That was super fucked up." You, he didn't just like point in his face; like his finger bent yeah. on yeah. Jonathan Allen's temple. Probably a bad idea. Um. They played college together, correct? They, yeah, they, they they were together at Bama, and now they're together in the pros. Maybe they're tired of each other. I had the guy, yeah. um, I had the guys in the back here uh, look on their IGs to see if they've been posting together. In the last oh. month or two alone, they've posted together multiple times on the field, tagging each other, the whole thing. So this might have come out of nowhere, and it's a tough one to get over if uh, if you're on that Washington's defense. Hey, Steve, Saturday's games. Yeah, that's that's where we got to start because I had a lot of fun watching football Saturday. I thought I thought it delivered. Um, I thought the games were wildly competitive and and a little bit dysfunctional. Uh, We got some really fucked up plays. It had everything. It was Mm -hmm. more about the, the teams that lost to me, though. Correct. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. And I mean, I'll start right there, Chris, like. To me, the idea of, you know, national game, only game on, right? Everybody's going to bag on the negative whenever possible. So the first game you get, oh, my God, Baker Mayfield stinks. I will say this. What do you expect an NFL quarterback to look like when he can't practice for two weeks? Yeah, like he's gonna be like he's gonna be rusty, right? The, pro- rusty. the problem is, though, I think that he's looked like that in in stretches for much of his career, with or without practice. I think like it's just gotten to the point with Baker, fair or unfair, and I think some of it is so personal. Some of the some of the criticism with him, because obviously people don't like him at this point. Like at the end of the game, when when my man Rasul Douglas got a little hip turn there. Uh, on a tug, little, little, but enough that if it were another quarterback, we wouldn't he slingshot be... himself in front to get the ball. Yes, and, and there is some, there is some, some truth to the the whole like, hey, it was crafty. You know, good players know how to. I mean, mm-hmm. the internet went from this guy's been on eight teams in in eight months to good players know how to get. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, I think people are just so tired of Baker. Um, that they don't want to hear, hey, listen, there was ICT on the first pick. They don't want to hear that probably there was a little bit of a tug on the fourth pick. I am of the mindset that you're looking for a new quarterback in Cleveland this offseason. That's just me. And, I, and I'm a fan of Baker's attitude. I wish I had his confidence. I think all it takes with Bake is one chunk play to get him just drunk with ambition. Mm-hmm. And that's a compliment at any position but quarterback. I think sometimes at quarterback you have to be able to take a breath and say like, hey, that was a great play we just made. Now I have to not fuck it up. And I think he struggled as he was streaky in that game, taking chances, especially considering everything we just talked about. 
Yeah, I mean, all that on top of it, uh, you got to know he's got to feel the pressure being at home the, the week previous in a very winnable game uh, that they still should have won without him against the Raiders. And you just see your name keep going down yeah. the playoff spots. And I can't imagine the weight he felt on his shoulders of trying to help his team out and knowing what they looked like without him the week previous. And him, you know, that's his style. You know, he's going to come out and try and, and make plays. And he made some mistakes, physical yeah. and mental. And all that, all the turnover, four turnovers, two that could have been called, you know, the other way. And then they get the ball down two with all their timeouts left at the 50-yard line, and they don't give Chubb the rock once. And I just I, – I love Stefanski. I think he's phenomenal in, in coming up with a game plan. But that one in the moment, it felt like they were maybe trying to overthink things, and that really caught me off guard. You pounded the ball for over 200 yards. You got all, t- time is not an issue. You need a field goal. That's it. Yeah. And I just thought they botched that at the end and not giving Chubb another couple of carries. I mean, you had that team on the ropes running the football and you have the time to do it. Well, it was funny to me where they really leaned into him. And I feel like they could have actually leaned into him even more with the run game early. I don't think you had to even yes. put the ball in Baker's hands so much and give yourself a chance to lose that game. But you know that that late drive. I think they were in two minute mode. It was um, they were down two yeah. scores. They were in cover mode uh, for your boy here. Yes, they, um, were. they gave the ball to Chubb three straight plays. In fact, uh, a dude went down with an injury, and Chubb got a break. But he was about ready to tap his helmet. I mean, they well, gave him the ball uh, so many times, so quickly at the end of the football game. Uh, that's the, the way I think it took them getting pissed off at Baker to actually say, like, fuck this. Like, it doesn't matter. We can break off eight 12-yard chunks in the run game, in, in, mm-hmm. in, and we can go tempo, and it can be scary. It's too little too late, and I, I didn't like their their defensive game plan either. I mean, no. they left uh, some really young, unheralded guys on Devontae Adams, and that's a yeah. problem. Yes, uh, and I thought, I mean, I, the guys on the broadcast, I thought they did a good job of bringing up the week previous and how the Ravens did a great job of just frustrating Devontae and making Rodgers do things that he doesn't normally have to do. And then you come out with a Cleveland game fan that was totally opposite. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's still there. And then, uh, you know, if you shift to the Green Bay side, I thought it was pretty funny to see today and even last night all the Rodgers backers come back out and say, See, we told you about the defense. Can't wait to see them, you know, score 35, uh, gets 35 scored on him, and Aaron Rodgers loses another playoff game. And I'm like, why can't people just appreciate winning? Yeah. Why why can't you? I mean, it's, I mean, from how awesome the far video was after the, after the record breaker and him running off the field, like I would be just so pumped and enjoying this ride from where you were after week one in that game in Jacksonville against New Orleans, and now you're the one seed. And to me, I, I, I would just have a totally different mindset and enjoying this because what I think about is who's the biggest threat to Green Bay to go to the Super Bowl? Is it themselves? Right. And when I think about that, they don't. They still don't have Bakhtiari back. Jair's not playing, and Zadarius is still out. Yeah, that's a big. Those three are three. There. There. I mean, those are huge. Help assets is on the way. I mean, yeah, and and you know, I I think this was a matchup problem for them and for a team that probably looking back and saying. And by the way, I think Dallas. I mean, as I watch the television, they seem to be waking up offensively tonight. Yeah. Uh, is the team that probably stands in their way the most, in my opinion, from a matchup standpoint. Um, but I'm, I'm sitting there thinking this team is really good. They're the Super Bowl favorite to me 
they were a drop away from losing this game. I mean, really, that third and five drop by Devontae Adams at the end of the football game, if mm-hmm. Cleveland goes down there and scores, I mean, we're, t- we're talking about a whole different thing yep. in Green Bay. So they're lucky to get out of there with the win. Awesome, uh, awesome game from Aaron Rodgers, and he got the record uh, late in the first quarter, got that done, and was, uh, was on the move from there. So the Packers got the win. And then on the other side of things, uh, in the late game, we said it. I mean, it was about the teams that lost. I think the Cardinals continue to show you who they are late in the season, and it's why all year we've been apprehensive about, you know, like, you know, heaping trust uh, on these guys. I mean, they're so variable. And they look like a team... Uh, you got the you got the Colts wounded at home. Like this is the perfect spot. They should be, you know, buying their own bullshit. They're down their interior line. They're down like the best player on the second level of their defense on their defense entirely. A guy that when I'm getting ready to watch the Cardinals and the Colts play, I feel better about having a guy that rangy and long tips and overthrows running Kyler Murray down. They didn't even need him. So hmm. this is like a really disappointing loss for the Cardinals. No doubt. Uh, I know I'm late to the party on this one, but if people haven't been able to watch the Colts Hard Knocks in season, please watch it. I've burned through it in about a half of a day. It is that good. Um, And I'm telling you, in in, in that day, it totally changed me in making me a fan of rooting for the Colts. There's a lot of stuff going on with their team and stuff off the field that has been really unfortunate. And whether it's injuries, whether it's, you know, guys lives off of that, I'll, I'll let you watch the show to learn about it. But it's, it starts with Frank Reich and how steady of a guy he is. Oh yeah. And, and, and to know you're going in there and, and they say it all the last five weeks, Hey, playoff game, playoff game. We have to go one and oh, got to go one and oh, mm-hmm. to know what you're down and still be as gutty as they were, mm-hmm. to still do whatever we had to do to give Jonathan Taylor touches because we had to tr- – that was our best way of moving the football and keeping Kyler off the field, I thought was unbelievable. And you're not going to find a bigger Darius Leonard fan than me. Uh, what that guy brings to the table on and off the field is phenomenal. Yeah. That guy, just watch the show, he's, he's, he's that good. But to me, it starts with Reich and, and, and creating that stability for a mindset of going on the road down four offensive linemen, including an all pro and say, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to win doing it. Yeah. And I just thought it was fascinating to see because that mental toughness, you just saw it building the whole game and the misfield. Yeah. They were fortunate with the missed field goals by Arizona when they happened. I thought those were huge momentum swings for the Colts and just what they needed to do to hang around and figure it out at the end. So all hats off to the Colts. I think they just went and took it with a mindset that you don't see a lot this year. I think people still get a little caught in their ways and, and want to be, you know, look in the mirror and say, what about me? What about me? This is not that at all. They did what they had to do and all the criticism, the throw Carson makes to Patman is incredible when you watch it from the high view and see where Patman came from. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's running a deep over from the other numbers and Carson buys enough time to get buys that ball. enough puts time it, climbs and, and, and my arm hit, angle yeah. and drops it over two guys. Like that's the stuff that's crazy. And I will say you, you made a couple good points in there. Number one, this thing, Frank Reich, like the team takes on the personality of that head coach. They're like, he's a humble guy. He keeps them grounded. There is, 
you know, they could look at themselves on paper and feel as hot as any team in football. Yep. I don't think that's going to be a problem with them. There was a debate raging on um, on Twitter. It wasn't a debate, really, because most people would would be afraid to say that it's possible, but most people would say the Colts can't win a Super Bowl with Carson Wentz. I saw a lot of people with that sentiment, and I, I disagree. I think they can I win a Super Bowl with Carson Wentz. What I think they will struggle to do is get to the Super Bowl with Carson mm-hmm. Wentz. Because at this point, you're probably going to have to win, uh, you know, three, three. games to right. get there, um, and not all those games are going to be at home. So it's going to yeah, be probably, challenging. You might have to win three road games. Yeah, you might have to win three road games to get there. Now, if they get there, they can beat anybody the way they yep. play. Um, no doubt. And if Carson is just good, they can beat everybody. So mm-hmm. I'm not even I'm not even like heaping praise on Carson Wentz. I thought, and uh, this tweet went poorly, but I said as poorly as he's played. That was an incredible throw, talking about the throw you were referencing. In the beginning and the end of this game, Carson started and finished beautifully. Frank had a great script out of the gate. They got points. And at the end of the game, the plays you mentioned, the the you know, the, the bomb to get them in range to to make that play, and then the climbing of the pocket, the hitting that throw, that was like one of the best throws of the year. And I'm not being hyperbolic considering the circumstance. I'm not saying he's one of the best quarterbacks to make a great throw of the year. I'm saying that was one of the best throws of the year. I think everybody collectively said, holy shit. And it was at a moment where he so dearly needed that drive, I think, that fourth and five, he's bailing on his back foot. He misses, you know, he mm-hmm. misses Pittman in the red zone. He played poorly in the middle of the game, coming off a game where he threw the ball seven times and they won. Mm-hmm. So the elephant in the room was, can we win with Carson? And he needed to make one play to keep the heat off him, and he did that. He's going to have to do this more, but this was a good start for him. And I think the guys will respect him for stepping up in that circumstance. No doubt. No doubt. I think they have respect for him, and I think the best thing about them is it starts on defense. Uh, you watch DeForest Buckner and how much of a leader that guy is. Yep. It's just seeing what he's done, and you know he talks about not being at the facility with a new team in his first year there and just how much better things are that those guys are together on a daily basis. And then when you look on the other side, obviously, yeah, Kingsbury's going to get all the heat. Um, and, you know, a lot of times rightfully so, but Hey, they're not, they're not, they're not playing at hundred percent either. So right now, I mean, you know, better than anybody at this time of year, winning games is all it's about. Yep. No question. He hasn't no matter how I mean, you do it. Listen, uh, you know, Cliff's starting to take the heat a little bit, the physicality that his teams have not played with, you know, throughout the years, even dating back to college, like they weren't known to be a physical outfit, uh, late in the year, they've struggled. And the game management, kicking, end of the game, two-minute warning. Uh, he's starting to take his lumps. But Kyler not playing well, fumbling snaps. You know, one goes for a safety, two missed field goals. That's eight points right there. So, yeah. like, as bad as Cliff, you perceive that he was, like, you catch a snap, you kick two field goals, you probably have a chance to win that football game. You were in it anyways. The red zone struggles has killed this team, 29th in the league. Um, mm. And they haven't taken advantage of, of, of teams that were missing people. Like uh, the, the Packers were missing everybody, Alexander Smith, yeah. uh, you know, Ramsey with the Rams, uh, and then the Colts missing Leonard. They haven't, they haven't figured out. Not to mention the Lions had a bunch of starters out. So if you're who you say you are, you have to take advantage when you have a wounded team at home in a must-win situation for you and your playoff aspirations. Carson, by the way, outside the pocket, really good. Move the pocket with this guy. Uh, he also was pretty good, ten plus air yards. So good game for them. Uh, Cardinals ten and five after eight and one starts. Deja vu six and three, eight and eight last year. Only one thirty point performance offensively for them. 
in the past. Yeah, I want to say the Cardinals the Cardinals started seven and zero, and the Colts started zero and three. Yeah, so it's just That's, another it's another oof. lesson that September doesn't so much matter, and uh, we we do it every year. We freak out. I probably mm-hmm. freaked out about New Orleans beating up on Green Bay, but here we are. As you mentioned earlier, things are totally different. Hey, when it comes to the AFC now, <laughs> is Buffalo like back in it all the way? Because we've said this a number of times. One nicely timed win against somebody that people regard highly in the NFL in December. Uh, people start talking about about you being a Super Bowl team on Mondays. What do you think? Uh, I've never doubted them. I, I thought this was going to happen uh, for you them, knowing the that they no no knowing that they had this kind of uh, you know bad teams at the end of the schedule. They're not good teams. Yeah, they're bad. Um, bad teams. Regardless, I thought this was huge for them, just off the mindset of that Monday night loss and McDermott saying, "Don't make this be a lot more about Belichick or whatever." I'm paraphrasing there, but I really saw it, Chris, because early in the game, it's ten seven. Fourth down, it's the one fourth down that Bills didn't get. Yeah. It's an incomplete pass to Emmanuel Sanders. And I'm just sitting there, I'm like, wow, Belichick is all the way in McDermott's head. You're up 10 7. I'm moving the ball at will against this defense. I kick the field goal, go up 13 7. Right. My quarterback, I got the best player on the field, and we're going to have it all day. And that really shook my, like, what I was, why I'm like, wow, McDermott is like crazy about this right now. Mm-hmm. And then you saw it, I believe. They were uh, nine for 16, I want to say, on third and fourth downs, three or four on fourth downs. I mean, the Patriots battled and battled, as you know they're going to, but I just thought the pressure they kept putting on the, the, the Patriots' defense is something that they finally broke, and Josh was incredible with some of the fourth down runs. Oh, uh, that yeah, one late scramble, in the game. Yeah. The one scramble he had going down the middle of the, the hash marks, like in the middle of the field, like no one's getting in the way of him running at full speed. I don't care who you're like. You're going to get knocked in the n- next week and they, if you and, try and take and, him head and, on. And he got 12 carries or something. We've said like, yeah. hey, give him the ball on the ground 10 plus times. Listen, mm-hmm. here's the deal. I, our, our guy Buffaloco, shout out to you, getting all emotional on Twitter. Okay, <laughs> Bills fans, you think you you've been through worse, but evidently people not blowing your team when they suck for a month and a half uh, is writing them off. The yeah. Bills have always been dangerous. The Bills, mm-hmm. the problem is they haven't played that way. Okay, it's pretty damn simple. If they're going to play like this more often, people are going to start believing in you more. Yep. They have the best player on the field in most situations, and that's that quarterback, Josh Allen. Scares the shit out of you. You talked about the conversions. It's impossible to slow this guy down. I mean, you talk about a guy who can buy himself time, who, who can keep his eyes downfield. Uh, and for a team that doesn't rush real aggressively anyways in, in the Patriots, sometimes he's got more time than he knows what to do with. Yeah. Um, and, and when the rush lanes aren't great, you talk about some of these plays that he just takes off up the middle, that's backbreaking. So I think more than anything, the Pats, and we said this after the first game, when the Pats, you know, they ran the ball 1,500 times in the wind and the rain and whatever the fuck else. That game wasn't going to be indicative of what this matchup looks like if they go trilogy here. And I do think they might play each other again. It's looking like maybe the first round they might play each yeah. other again. We might be lucky enough to see that again. I think the Bills would probably be favored in that game, and they should be. And this isn't me yeah. doing a 180 or going back on something. This is a decent matchup for them because they can do something that terrifies the Pats. They can play from ahead. Okay, and the mm-hmm. Pats don't want to play catch-up. Mac Jones is just no. not built for that. Uh, and they couldn't get the run game going today. So... 
listen, good day for the Bills. That doesn't mean I trust you anymore against a number of other teams. Um, I just think this is maybe a better matchup than you would have thought for the Bills. And if they see him again, I think the Patriots are probably concerned about that one because Josh throwing darts. I'll ask you this in the AFC, and I think this will answer a lot of questions about how you feel. Who do you think can go to Kansas City and win? Hmm. Because I I think Buffalo and Indianapolis can, and that's it. We're a month into this Kansas City tear where it's really starting to look good. You know, Mm -hmm. today they they rolled without Kelsey. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're living underneath. It's kind of scary. The defense is playing really well. They're getting after people. A month ago, I would have said, hey, the Chiefs probably don't want to see the Pats. That's traditionally a bad matchup for them. I think that's flipped now. Uh, And I think to your point, yeah, there are two teams that could probably go into Kansas City and win. Uh, But that's not to say I trust the Bills to go all the way this year. It's just, you know, I'm, I'm not quite there. You said it. We might get New England Buffalo again in the first round. You don't know what the roads are going to look like, but right now with everything wide open and not knowing any matchups, those are the two teams. Those are the only two teams I could see going there. And I, I mean, yeah, a month ago and then even earlier in the year, we're like, oh, right. Like I wanted to see Kansas City have to go on the road in the playoffs. And to their credit, they're not going to have to now. How about, a, get how about a Bills Packers uh, contingency in, in Los Angeles? Uh, for Oof. the Super Bowl, just like a bunch of cold weather people, drunk, not knowing what to do out there. Maybe getting some sunburn. Maybe getting sunburnt. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Cincy, Baltimore. Yeah. Fuck, Joe Burrow, dude. Unbelievable. Making the most of it to the toys he has to play with, man. Those guys are on a level when they're cooking, man. They, they, it is. I don't know, like. You bring up the wide receivers and Boyd runs free down the seam and, and, and T Higgins come up with huge catch and probably his best day as a pro, I would guess where I think he had 12 for 175 and two uh, touchdowns. And then chase does what he does. He can run any route in the book. Um, Uzama's is, is great as a tight end and, and they can use him in matchups and all that. And you don't even mention how dynamic Mixon is. And that's the guy because he could break any run yes. play to me at any start. And that's what scares me. Now they have sort of have the Arizona flavor of, I'm not putting my, you know, I'm not putting my money on them until I see them do it. Right. Um, but they, they sure as hell have the capability to, there's no doubt about, it. I think you saw it today. I know Baltimore is undermanned, but man, like talk, you know, going down seven, nothing and just, or maybe a seven, three and, and just saying, all right, Burroughs, this is, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. And we're going to give it to them. Yeah, so. they go on fourth down, I think, and get that 10-7 lead. Like, the game can go a lot of different yeah. ways yeah, early did. if you don't make these plays. So they go, Mixon gets a touchdown. Another thing, you know, another turning point here for, for Joe Burrow and the Bengals is, like, listen, they've struggled to put teams away sometimes this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Pittsburgh came back big uh, and made that thing a little more interesting than you wanted it to be. Um, before the half, they're up 24-14, and they're backed up, and they're like, fuck it, we're going to go score again. Like, we're, we're going to be aggressive, yep. we're going to put them away, we're going to go up 31-14, and that was when he went up top to Higgins, and I said, oh my God. I mean, he went up between two guys and came down with it. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, this was them having a killer instinct. Burrow goes for 5-25, which was interesting. The plausibility of breaking a, an NFL record was there. I mean, like oh, yeah. he, he was 25 oh, yeah. yards short. 
Burrow was mad. He, he he can sit there in his Santa Claus hat after the game and look and play it off on the Wink Martindale thing. And he and he told us everything we we needed to know. Wink said they asked him, "Are you going to be doubling Jamar Chase this week?" And he said, "Well, he's not Devontae Adams, and that quarterback, you know, in Green Bay is a Hall of Famer. I'm not putting a gold jacket on Joe Burrow uh, just yet." Which is a fair as fuck thing to say, but it's also no, totally no. unnecessary, as Joe Burrow put it. And uh, I know Jim claims that they call their plays, we call our plays. If anybody in Baltimore is salty about them throwing the fucking ball, oh. you reap what you sow. And I don't care if when Lamar's going for a record, it's okay. And then when Joe Burrow's throwing the ball around the yard, I'm not saying that they said they were salty, but if anybody's salty, that's literally who you are. And mm-hmm. and since he flipped the script on you, it's got to feel good because they punched two teams in the mouth that generally beat the shit out of the Bengals, yeah. uh, the Steelers and the Ravens. Now twice Burrow goes for 400 yards against those guys. So if you're an AFC North team, you know what the next five, seven years looks like. This is the youngest tandem of receivers to have a G, a piece, in a year. A thousand yards. Chase and Higgins, yeah. A thousand yards. So they've got the future laid out for them. And think about their draft, dude. We talked about the offensive linemen that they didn't go get this year mm-hmm. and how risky this was. It's simple this year. Go get the best tackle you can, and let's ride this thing out the next 10, 15 years in the AFC North. I mean, yeah. we, we've got a, a young Brady acting motherfucker under center. It's got to be scary, dude. So they got this thing on lock. Playoff chances. By the way, Matt, what do we got? Bengals looking great. They're at about 80%. Got a tough game, though, home against Kansas City this Ooh, week. Who, what do you think about this one? Where do you think the line is made? And I'm sure Kansas already... City minus four and a half. You think four and a half? You're almost yeah. dead on it. It's minus four. And the first question I asked uh, is how does Burrow perform against the Blitz? And the answer to that is very well. One of the best mm-hmm. in the league, uh, and I think they have a puncher's chance in this game. Being at home, we'll see. I mean, Kelsey should be back, um, but yeah. you never know uh, in this day and age with any of your playmakers. And uh, I think Burrow handles the pressure. I think it's going to be a, a big, big atmosphere game. How do you, those teams at the top, how do you, because I think it just comes down to be having as many pass rushers as you can have in good ones. That's what I think is going to dictate the AFC. Um, would you put, like, who do you put? Like, New England didn't even get close to Josh Allen today. That's um, the problem. I mean, like, Judon's been really, really good, but that's one guy, you, you, it's one edge guy you're, you're not manufacturing yeah. pressure. No. With, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's kind of, I would say, like, there's nobody that sticks out to me. I think they're all there, and that's why I think then you factor in the guys you got to get down on the ground. Yeah, between Allen and yep. Mahomes and Burrow, yep. like those are some some elusive guys in their own ways. So I, that that's to me what it comes down to in the AFC playoffs: third downs and who's getting the quarterback. And I think that's a that's a huge huge factor. Well, I'll, 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 I'll give you a team. Different. I'll give you a team here: the Titans, who are going to sneak in, and we'll see what happens with Derrick Henry. I'll believe it when I see it, just because. Correct. I mean, that's, even if he comes back, when I talk, I talked to a trainer who I trust and was like, even if he's back, he's like 70%. So mm. his 70, I'll take it. But um, that's a team, two Pro Bowl snubs, uh, Simmons, Landry, both double-digit. Well, I mean, Simmons, if not double-digits, damn close. I think he had eight. Bud missed some time this year. And Bud missed some time. That's probably the group that can get after you up front. 
Uh, I'm looking at the Bengals. Obviously, I haven't forgot about my man Trey Hendrickson. But come on now, uh, and Hubbard and those and guys. Hubbard. Uh, those are in Ogan Joby. I like those guys a lot. One guy that could come on here late um, is Quiddy Pay. I mean, I was just going to mention him. Yeah. So, like, listen, the Chiefs, they bring pressure. They've got Chris Jones. They've got Frank Clark. The Bills now, they have a lot of young guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know how they rush in a big situation. That's one thing to keep your eye on. What does that Bills pass rush look like in the playoffs? So, mm-hmm. It'd be pretty interesting to look at those AFC fronts and say, uh, who's going to make a big difference here? Cincy, big win for them. Ravens chance down to 35% to get in the playoffs. We said at the beginning of December they weren't going to get in, and they're probably not. They win twice. They still need help. I want to give a little love to Josh Johnson. I mean, this dude is football, man, personified. 13 teams, 14 years. His, I read his, his last start was 2018. I think I played in that game. I think it was week 17. I think we played Washington on the road and we needed Minnesota to maybe lose to slide into the playoffs. That was the year we had the the Saints loss on the road. But Mm -hmm. I can remember after that game, after we beat Josh Johnson, I think it was, uh, we sat in that back training room, Fletch, myself, Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson were in there, and boy, how shit has changed. Uh, but we watched the end of that football game, and we slid into the playoffs. I think it was the Bears. The Bears lost to the Vikings and let us in, I believe. Um, and then we went and beat the, the Bears double doink. No big deal. No big deal. That was a fun fun day. By the way, I bet the Bears today. Nice. Yeah, that, that was good. I had the Texans today. That was my big one. Uh, Texans, you were really into that Texans game, by the way. Um, I was. People need to stop sleeping on Davis Mills. If you're Houston, do you run it back with Davis Mills? Maybe draft a guy in the third round or something. Get what I you mean, can for Deshaun. <laughs> they got, I mean, I don't follow any of the roster ranking, football focus, whatever they are, but like they, they got to be down at the bottom as far as roster talent. So I think yeah. you got plenty of other holes. Yep. I mean, he's literally throwing the ball. I'm like, who's this guy? Who's this guy? Mm-hmm. Who's this? Oh, Dorsett's on this team. Sweet. Dude, I, um, I said this today. How many people crazy. do you think realize that, Re- uh, that Rex Burkhead was on the fucking Texans? I guess I watched too much Texans football because I, I didn't know that. Well, if you like making money, you should watch Texans football because – People have been sleeping on them. Davis Mills, 7-10 for 74 on third down today. Uh, Rex Burkhead, I'll give him the St. Louis Memorial Award there. Falling <laughs> in obscurity. Um, and, and you know, if you're the fucking Chargers, again, this is, this is about the team that lost as much as anything. You let Davis Mills and a white running back, you know, gash you. And you didn't even have Brandon Cooks out there, dude. Like, now I know the Chargers... We're down Eckler, you know, their Bosa. center, uh, both on defense, but I'm talking about Eckler, oh, Mike, Will- Mike yeah. Williams, Guyton, Parham, obviously. I mean, every anything you're trying to do offensively, you have a loss that's affecting you. At every yeah. level, you've Guyton's the guy who takes the top off the defense. You got a big red zone target, he's out. Mike Williams uh, is out. Your center's out. So, another interesting note is they did not risk as much today, they were not analytics geeks today. Which goes to show you they're not actually analytics geeks. They're context and analytics people. When you're missing half your offense, you're not so fucking ballsy on fourth down. It's almost like they consider everything. So, again, a reminder, it's not just about the numbers. Chargers 8-7 and seven, trying to get the 7 seed. 
and they've got Denver and the Raiders, and I have that big Chargers bet, so I need them to win out. When you say big, it's big. No, it's big-ish. No, not, you can't change from big to big-ish. Speak, you know, I'll tell you what's big. The fucking, uh, the fucking Vikings bet. That's Ooh. a legitimately big bet, and, and they lost today. Uh, and maybe that helps shape the the playoff picture. I was gonna say you're not there. You didn't clinch that yet. No, I didn't. They this thing has been a sweat fest, man. They oh. they went on this little run. If you haven't noticed, I got the booster a month ago. I felt terrible, <laughs> but I stayed up to watch that Steelers game and got let down on the Fryermuth drop. So I'm like, this bet's gonna go deep into uh, December. Stafford three picks, not great, not great. But listen. To, to be fair, some really good conversions late. Third and yes. seven, across the field to Higby, third and six. Higby was huge for them he today. He was. Beckham. Uh, these, this was the drive that made it two scores late, 27-13, and then third and six to Cup under five minutes in the red zone. So if you'd have told me the Rams were going to, you know, we're going to throw three picks by way of our guy Matt Safford. Mm-hmm. Against Matthew. the Vikings. Yeah, Matthew, sorry. I don't want to end up in a situation. If you had told me that was going to happen, they'd beat the surging Vikings. I'd have told you you were crazy. So, you know, they were down a few offensive linemen. He got blasted. Sony was great. I remember there was a third and one where he broke like eight tackles. Uh, the punt return was huge, too. Punt, huge. Punt return was enormous. And, and maybe the biggest play of the game, one of the biggest hidden plays of the game, was the, the drop early in the game for the Vikings on the goal line it turned into mm-hmm. a pick. So yep. between the punt return, between that, because you know this, Steve, like you're on the road, it's 7 nothing. Um, you've got a chance. You just weathered the home team storm. Mm-hmm. You've got a chance. You drove all the way down the field. You can tie this thing up and make it go away, and instead you throw a pick and it's going the other way. So uh, guys stepped up for this Rams team that, I mean, they just signed this kid off the street with the punt return for a touchdown, Brandon Powell. Um, and, and mm-hmm. just to, just to get to that punt return, Cousins is, is scrambling. He's going to pick up eight yards. He makes two guys miss. He's going to get a first down on third and eight. There's a kid that's running from the other side of the field. Um, I think his name's Hollins and he knocks Cousins down a yard short of the sticks. They're little things, but the Rams did those things today and they showed up in unheralded spots. Uh, players mm-hmm. you haven't heard of. So when your quarterback doesn't play well, everybody else picks up the slack. Big big win for the Rams. They're too variable to trust. Like I, I you know, like it's just week to week because of the Stafford thing. Like they're not going to survive that in the second round of the playoffs. I, I don't think so. I, I think it was huge to get Higby back, and you're never going to get a full compliment to to help with the you know the coverage that rolls to Cup. But I think that's a huge ask because you saw him do a lot of you know they threw screens opposite Cup where you already have guys outnumbered on that side. I thought that was really smart. Michelle's been really good, and if they're going to get Cam Akers back, I, I think McVeigh's a guy when he knows he has multiple guys that can run it. The, yeah. That 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 he's gonna put the onus more on that, and I I mean I think they got the inside track down for the division. Um, I know winning all th- today for them also got Arizona in for a spot, but you know that's like these teams. You're gonna have to go on the road and do it. And if you if you got better options to help run the football, and obviously we know about the the zone action away and the naked boots that, that McVay loves to do in that pass game and, and creates all those over routes that guys could just outrun guys. 
Um, they have the guys to do it, and a, and, a, and a good run game only helps that. And they did a, a good job of shutting down. Well, not shutting down, like limiting Jefferson. Jefferson's yep. so good, he can have a century, and you're saying like they held him in check. Um, mm-hmm. That's how good he is. But four for 40 on Jalen, and that mm-hmm. was a fun little matchup. There was a, awesome. a, a third and six, I think, where, where I don't know if you remember this. Jefferson, who circled Jalen early in the year, uh, gets up and signals a first down right through him. Uh, Mm -hmm. so there was a lot of back and forth there. Um, and that like, listen, I would love to see these teams play once a year just for that. I mean, follow Justin Jefferson, Jalen and, and travel with him. And I want to watch it the whole game. But the (laughs) biggest deal was they stopped the run, man. Uh, Madison goes 13 for 41 and without an 18 yarder, he's 12 for 23 half yard before contact. And the, here was the big thing about the Rams. They went light box all game. 7% 7% heavy box. So, like, think about that. That's probably, it's like bottom three heavy box count this week for a defense, and they still stopped the run. Now, I know it wasn't Dalvin Cook, but that was a big deal. So, a great day for the Rams defense and just yeah, a gutsy I mean, win. Minnesota 2 of 12 on third downs. That's it's not good. That's, yeah, at home, you, you got to. You're not going to win. By the way, Steve, obvious. the damn Achilles thing, Cam Akers, who I like, Holy mm-hmm. shit! Six months. I mean, when yeah, you when you I, played in college, if you blew your Achilles, oh, it was almost like eighteen months. What the hell's going to happen in in another fifteen <laughs> years? You know what I mean? I mean, they're just gonna they're gonna bring you out a new Achilles like on a tray, yeah. and they're just they gonna just slide in, it insert in there. It. Yeah. It's like unbelievable, <laughs> like a disc, like a disc, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, like looking at things right now. That's your kind of NFC elites were not as active today. The Tampa Bay game, that was just all about the under for me. They got something out of Antonio Brown. Um, Mm -hmm. Good to see that they could beat the Panthers. That's about all I have to say about that game. But yeah, NFC, AFC, it's finally shaping up. I think we know what things mean now. We got one more, two more weeks, uh, and we will be off to the races. So I just want to say I watched every snap of Jets-Jags today, and thank you for that game. It was the best game of the day to the yeah. Jets and the Jags. It was thank so you. good. It was so awesome. good and so bad. I saw you tweeting about fixing the bowl game situation. What do we oh, do? Oh, yeah. Um, very simple. SMU was supposed to play uh, um, your team yeah, I know. In, in Fenway. The Wasabi Bowl. Yeah. Uh, so SMU's in Boston and Virginia's not playing. And then ECU is in Annapolis down here right. and BC's not playing. So SMU drive south, ECU drive north, meet at Rentschler Field, beautiful Hartford, Connecticut, the home of Jim Mora now, <laughs> and good. play a bowl game. Jim will, Jim, will, Jim will ref that game if you ask him. He would. That'd be good for recruiting, too. The more you can do. I like your idea, Steve. I really do. Um, all right, cool. Well, Just we'll, a little easy geography for the people. That's it. It's too bad the Wasabi Bowl is not happening. We, all of you at home are very sad as well, I'm sure. I'll talk to you next Sunday night, Steve. All right. I miss you. Miss you, buddy. See you. If you're in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Tennessee, or Virginia, and you haven't yet tried the WinBet app, I've got great news for you. WinBet is now offering a 200% wager match for new users up to $1,500. That's just an incredible offer. WinBet is basically giving you double your first wager in free bets. Don't pass it up. Download the WinBet app today. 
Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. They need to make a movie about David Cully. Yeah, you were talking about that Take earlier. Take the guys that did American Underdog, do a movie about David Cully, just squinting at the fucking scoreboard as his team inexplicably covers every week. I mean, it feels like that lately. Um, but he we, has done a hell of a job, dude. He has done a hell of a job. Have you noticed he wears his headset like at an angle? He puts yeah. it on the front of his head and it yeah. cuts yeah. back. Yeah. I like he's, that. He's got kind of cool swag. He does. Cully in the rain. Cully, yeah. Cully in the rain is cool. Who would uh, cast that? Give me Cully, Davis Mills, and uh, Brandon Cooks. Davis Mills might be Jude Law on steroids, and all he does <laughs> is is uh, neck work. So, like, if you put Jude Law on, on a healthy dose of Hollywood steroids, and he didn't do anything but neck work, <laughs> just get that fucking neck super wide. I don't know why that works for me. David Cully, I don't know. Maybe Jeffrey Wright. That'd yes, be a good one. Jeffrey Wright. Yep. Jeffrey Wright. Absolutely. Uh, who was the third you asked? Brandon Cooks. I wonder if Thomas Jones could play Brandon Cooks. He looks young. Cooks is yeah. a young-looking guy, dude. Like he just looks like a rookie to me. I don't mean that disrespectfully. Just looks like a kid. Time to talk about your uh, your Broncos, man. The ponies. Yeah. Yeah. That was a bummer. You want to blow the horn from? Did we do that last week already? We already we, blew the horn. For the- we we talked about it, but I didn't blow the horn in the show because. I knew they had this game this week, and I was hoping that they would beat the Raiders and that they would still have a shot. Yeah, yeah. Because then we would be, if the Chargers lost, which they did, we would be tied with the Chargers um, for second in the AFC West. Your Broncos, though, they blew it. (laughs) They did. Drew Locke, he was a lot better than what I thought he was going to be, but... Alberto should have came down with the ball on that. Uh, oh, I think it was that second was a big, and big drop. It was second and ten. It was a big um, drop. And then they went in complete, and then he took the sack. Yeah. And so that that just hurts. It's. I know we got excited when Nathan Peterman was suiting up on the sideline. I got a little excited. We I got had a the little Broncos. excited. Um, but then Derek Carr just man, that guy's tough. And yeah, uh, comes yeah, back yeah. in the game. Yeah, he is tough. Um, but boy, we could not run the ball, and it it seems like a normal game. The, the Raiders just took all our rushing yards. They and took them took all. And, and, and added it to yeah, their total. Yes. And then we didn't have any. Yes. And they just, it made no sense to me. Yeah. made yeah. no sense to me. If you'd have told me again that the Raiders were going to establish a line of scrimmage, that doesn't even sound right. 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 That, I mean, Jacobs, was, he, he wouldn't get touched till like he hadn't three had or four yards, yards all year until today. And he just blew, he was hitting holes. Um, I will say he, he we likes, got a Josh, bad spot. He, Jacobs likes to hit holes, man. Yeah. He, he will hit holes, bro. I, I bet. Raiders still got a shot at the playoffs. Now they're eight and seven. Got a tough game at Indianapolis. Yeah, it gets but, uh, They play the Chargers in the last game of the season, which could be a Chargers monumental goal. for your boy here, dude. So two big games coming up here this week: uh, Vikings Packers. Because like in the Bears, as valiant as they were today, I'm just not gonna. I don't like trusting them with my big win total bet on the line. And we'll talk about that Bears game in a second. But that next week is going to be lit here, okay? And then week 18 or whatever the fuck it is, 
the next one's going to be the Patriots are going to have to clinch this thing. Uh, and they might clinch this thing this weekend, so that win total could go over. And then the Week 18, of course, coming down to the wire is just what mm-hmm. we're talking about. And to tie the bow on the Broncos, we did – I think we got shorted a couple yards on right before the half on the kick – Brandon McManus missed it, and we caught it. I think it was Cortland caught it. I thought it was a fourth and one. He was short, but they gave him a fourth and fourth and three or fourth and four, and McManus had to kick. He had to run on the field kick, and he just pushed it like crazy. Vic Fangio said he would kick, or he would have gone for it fourth and one or shorter, um, and that's what it looked like, and I remember saying that when we watched that live right before the half. Well, unfortunately for you, uh, you were mad enough to break something today at the end of the game. Yeah, like you really never react that way I was to dis- Broncos yeah. losses. This one seemed to hurt you. A yeah, little bit I hit. More. I threw a sharpie on the table, uh, and I. Who do you want the Broncos? What do you want the? What does Reed want the Broncos to do in the off season? You know, I've thought about that. I've been looking at our our draft picks and see what we could get. Um, Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, neither do it. Neither are going to get you there. <laughs> that's the, that's the, yeah, that's which I think everybody figured out before yeah, the season, the beginning but of the, the Broncos fans the are just equation. figuring it out now. You, you, you don't, you want a veteran? I, yes. Veteran, because obviously we can't develop a quarterback. Yeah. We've done pretty good in grab. I mean, even though Teddy Bridgewater has only given us, you know, we're seven and eight now. Yeah. Um, you're so going to get Kirk cousins. <sighs> Dude. Bleh. Bleh. Take Aaron Rodgers. I take that. Kirk nah, Cousins man. in a Western spread. He's gonna have like some tassel boots and shit. He's gonna look like uh, he's gonna like be like uh, Dumb and Dumber when he right, earns right, all the right, money. Right. He's gonna be really gonna, getting into the, he's gonna, the Western side, and then he's and then he's gonna have a ski outfit. Yep, he's gonna go down Western and ski, ski and then yeah, he's gonna get fusion. a drug rug in Boulder. And oh no no no! Kirk can't do a drug rug. You don't think so? He's not cool enough. Mm. Well, what what if he gets like the Gardner Minshew can do a drug yeah, run. Yeah, he could. Yeah, Gardner yeah. Minshew Shit, needs I'd to take be the Gardner Broncos Minshew. quarterback. That'd be dope. I would take Matt Ryan. I think that would be sweet, too. You do? Yeah, I Matt, would take... Matt Ryan, we were talking about this earlier. Matt Ryan to Miami. Miami, Miami Matt. Miami Matt. Alliteration. Also, yeah. it's warm. He's old. It's warm. Right. I don't think that he would want to be a... Uh, I know we were talking developing like a younger quarterback. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'd want to be like in that Ryan Fitzpatrick kind of... Oh, I don't seat. think so. I think that offense is going to change. Ah, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, I thought you were talking about the offense. Yeah, and no, no, no. it's a big conversation now. I mean, like, Miami might not be a place that the seat might be. Seat's taken. Right. Might be to, a, to, to his a, job. Yeah. There's still football to be played. So To a time. To a time. But uh, Check in with two and on. Did you look that up since we talked? You motherfuckers didn't know what two and on was. Reed still doesn't. It's a dolphin. Yeah. Talking with the robot voice. Chicago, man. My man, Nick Foles, winning in the snow. Was that That's your bevel comment. 100%. That was the next thing I was going to say. The green on yeah. the Seahawks shoulder pad just popping in the snow, and the orange on the Bears shoulder pad popping in the snow pop, as well. Pop, pop, Popping away. That just snow football, how it was oh, just the whole football. field was, was white as the yeah. game started. And the uh, you could see the hashes cleared yeah. in the you know in all the yardage markers, yeah. beautiful, absolutely beautiful. On that last touchdown, where Nick threw it up, and uh, I think Jimmy Graham yep. caught it uh, right. to to go down one and then mm-hmm. go for two. Seattle fans threw a snowball into the uh, end zone, <laughs> so you are now what you think of Philadelphia. 
Seattle, you are now, you were throwing snowballs at players. You threw a snowball at Jimmy Graham, you assholes. <laughs> That's worse than throwing one at Santa, because as we know, Santa's not real. Jimmy Graham is very real, and he used to ball out for y'all, and you throw a snowball at him. Yeah. Uh, and then t- the two-point conversion, the balls on Matt Nagy to just be like, hey, fuck it. Um, I'm going down swinging. Kudos to him for doing that. And kudos to, I need footage of Matt Nagy asking Nick Foles if he wants to go for two. Yeah. It's like customary at this point if you actually like do something <laughs> aggressive. If you're a coach, you ask your player. It's almost scripted. Nick Foles, though, is the the number one guy <laughs> that if I'm on defense, I'm like, this guy's not even feeling this situation. Like the, he has no pulse. It's it's one throw to win the game. And I kind of hate the way the play started to look, but he finds a way to to pinch that thing in there. And the way my man held the ball in the air and was not carried out of bounds Mm-mm. and got his left knee down and his hip down was Demir one of the Bird. most Demir Bird. It's one of the most amazing plays of the day. He was just kind of floating. There were like six Seahawks around him. Yeah. And then um, Jamal Adams was out of bounds and he lands. He's just holding the ball in the mm-hmm. air for about what what felt like ten seconds. And then they signal touchdown and Jamal Adams. Ooh, you're telling me I was on the Bears. Mudana and after Bears tease. After Foles threw that through the touchdown and the two point, he just comes and walks over to the sideline. He takes his helmet off. He's just breathing. He's just sitting there. Everyone's like high five no him, get him. No pulse. No just pulse. Just standing bro. there, just nodding. I fucking love him, dude. Yeah. Love him. Love him. And speaking of things I love, Dan Campbell, Detroit Lions. They lost today. Uh, but they were down golf, Swift, Hawkinson. Listen, I just want to say this, like We'll talk about the decision on fourth and five, uh, you know, kicking at the end of the game, which, I mean, the, the, the easy answer there is to say, hey, you know, Dan, what the fuck? You faked the punt earlier, thing of beauty. I think he also faked the punt after a penalty. So once they had, I think they were fourth and one, they were going to go for it. Then they get back in punt formation and, and go fake punt. At the end of the game, the thing that didn't seem at odds with this kind of decision-making was that they're down seven. They're going to need a touchdown. There's just over two minutes to go. I think it's 248, and they decide that they're going to kick. Now, I think when they come out, it's fourth and short. They get a penalty. They're backed up to fourth and five or six. Then he makes the decision that we're going to kick this thing. We trust to get the ball back, and they did get the ball back. I mean, they forced a turnover on Gage. And ended up in you know inside the ten yard yard line under forty seconds ago. In some ways, I'm kind of like, well, they did get the ball back, but then the ensuing pick that Blau threw. I mean, he was looking right at mm-hmm. Reynolds the whole time, threw it between three people. Uh, it was a terrible throw, and maybe that clues you into why he didn't want to put the ball in his hands one more time. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was like, we could ju- if we could just get it down to like the two, mm-hmm. I'll feel better about this. They got the fourth and one yep. on that touchdown on the uh, field goal drive. Yep. They get it on a four-yard pass, and then they run through. They get third and two. It's a minus three yard. Yeah. Uh, they lost three yards on a rush, and then it's fourth and five. They end up kicking 238 left from the eight-yard line. So, you know, like, listen, I could see that either way. I really could. Uh, but I, I do want to say this. The Lions have done a really good job this year. I, I say it a bunch of times. They've really strung together three impressive weeks here. They fight, they play hard, they've done a good job in the draft. You had Sewell, uh, who came along and has been really good. Uh, people wrote him off in like preseason because he looked bad against Rousseau in like a, a 
preseason game. It doesn't matter. It's preseason. It's about the reps, not the outcome. The uh, defensive tackles, the interior guys in rounds two and three, we'll see how that ends up. St. Brown, they got him in the fourth. He had a huge day today going up and getting the ball in the red zone. Uh, you know, he they do a lot of different things with him. Uh, and then that running back they got in the seventh has kind of gotten some some good burns. So Derek Barnes, yep, two linebacker in, in the fourth, and uh, Derek Barnes in the fourth, uh, who's gotten a lot of uh, snaps as well. Mm-hmm. So listen, these guys they they seem competent, and so I know it's it's tough being a Detroit fan, uh, but I think you have yourself a solid guy that you can root for, and Brad Holmes, the GM, a guy that I think you can. You can hang your hat on his decision making and a great staff that that Dan put together. So, I know the off season's almost there, mercifully for a lot of these players. But if you're a Detroit Lion, you're not going to feel like this existential dread going to the off season as you have since Jim Caldwell left. And we mentioned this a couple times on this program, but probably four or five plays, yeah. and they're almost a 500 team. Yep. They're, they're right there. And, you that, know, and, I, and, and it goes last, all the way back to the Ravens game. And Look at the Bengals last year. I'm mm-hmm. not comparing them to the Bengals at all. But we were just talking about them earlier. I had their win total last year, and it was a heartbreaker. It felt like a bad beat because they lost so many games in the final couple minutes. And this team is going to learn how to win. Mm-hmm. They have to get the quarterback right, but they're off to a good start. Pitts on the other side. I get it. Like people were like, "Hey, one touchdown. Why is he in the Pro Bowl?" Guy's a couple hundred yards shy of Mike Dicka's record uh, for a rookie tight end. Yeah, you didn't know that. You, you guys didn't know Mike Dicka. I mean, y- y'all know that, but some people maybe listening <laughs> didn't know that he was a a great athlete. Was a legend. Uh, if I guess if you're like, what's if you're 25, do you think most people know Mike Dicka was a great tight end? No, I would say you got to be thirty or thirty above. plus. Yeah, maybe even um, thirty-two, thirty-three. Yeah, so so Pitts looked really smooth on the one hander today. You really get it. By the way, he looks really good in eight. Number eight looks cool as fuck on this guy. In that throwback they've got, I mean, he looks. He just looks so fucking cool. I would love to one day in my football career look that smooth and cool and athletic and swaggy as this guy does. And he's put up the numbers. Uh, hasn't been a, a bunch of touchdowns, but a really good start for him. You see the the ground he gains in the middle of the field. Like every step he takes is just so much longer than than the guys that are covering him. And I think he's going to be sensational to watch. Matt Ryan played pretty well. Last home game for him, maybe. Fucking crazy. If it is the end for him, it's going to be week eighteen at home against New Orleans. Hate week. And I know it doesn't matter in the standings, and probably New Orleans is out of it by then, maybe. Um, but it's going to matter. It's going to matter to the Falcons whether New Orleans is trying to get in or not. Maybe even more so if New Orleans is trying to get in. And um, I meant to mention this during the uh, during talking about Bevel Conway Seahawks, but um, do you remember what bet you made for Taylor and myself earlier at the beginning of the year? Oh, God. Did we put in a bet? The Seahawks win total, right? And the Dallas Cowboys win total. Okay, so who got what? Uh, Taylor hit the Dallas Cowboys win. They're okay. over. The Seahawks did did not. You had the Seahawks? I had the Seahawks. Damn, you really yeah, got the short end of the stick yeah. there, Cowboy. Sorry, dude. Hey, it's all good. I don't mind seeing the Seahawks not 
win a bunch of games. Remember, we were like, I'm going to make these bets for y'all, and it'll be a fun thing. You will follow along. Four months later, you're like, hey, by the way, I lost my bet. So I got nothing out of that. Same with the tailor he's walking away with. I don't know how much he's walking away with. Um, you do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. How much is it? Oh, how much did you put? 500. Yeah. 500 oh. bucks, huh? Yeah, Taylor's I guess going to so. make 500 bucks. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to lose 500 bucks. Falcons, they only have 14 and a half uh, mil in cap space, and that's five players, including Julio, make up uh, two-third of the cap for them. I mean, that's mm-hmm. incredible. And one of those players is um, Ridley, is Calvin Ridley. Yep, so yep, yep. we'll see where he stands after yep. this year, but um, a lot of money tied up in just a couple of players. Miami Matt, if it's not Tua, <laughs> uh, it might be Miami Matt. Um, I think we hit all the games, and uh, I'm really excited about Rocky Ryan. Rocky, Rocky, Rocky's, Rocky's, Rocky's Ryan. Ryan's Rockies? No, just Rocky's Ryan. Rocky's Ryan? Okay. Yeah. Or um, Mile High Matt? No, I really think Gardner Minshew in a fucking in a drug rug. What do you call that? You call it a drug rug? Drug rug? Yeah, yeah. So all the times I've been wearing one of those, people thought I was on drugs. <laughs> I had a, I have a Calgary Flames drug rug that I got in Mexico. Yeah, uh, when I went down there to see my morning jacket mm-hmm. at uh, one big holiday and got a uh, Calgary Flames drug rug, <laughs> and I still have it. Actually, damn, did I give that to Goodwill? It was one of those days where I was like, you have too many stupid clothes, You man. made someone's day in Goodwill. They walked in and they were like, shit, yeah, I'm taking this. If you have my Calgary Flames <laughs> drug rug, I will buy it back from you, okay? I, I regret I saw Nate wearing it the other day. Yeah, I was going to say, it's probably <laughs> Nate. He's right, yeah, all right. Dr. Fax. <laughs> Fuck, dude. He's been asking me about that Grateful Dead de- gear. He wants all this free <laughs> gear whenever you guys send us hockey jerseys, okay? And tomorrow night, we're all going to be treated to a a brilliant game of football. It's going to go like 12-7 Dolphins. And it's going to be fun. There's going to be a lot of turnovers. Uh, there's going to be a lot of sloppy plays right up my alley. So, And real quick here at the end, Reed, we were talking before about the uh, movie Don't Look Up. I was wondering what you thought of it, the new Netflix release from Adam McKay. Yeah, <laughs> wonderful. I think review time. Adam McKay has done some uh, really, really good movies. He did um, the... Cheney movie, which yeah, 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 Vice, yeah, yeah. Vice was so good. I loved the fake, well, spoiler alert, I loved the fake ending about halfway. That was the funniest. And then this movie, Don't Look Up, if you've seen it, you know. If you don't seen it, if you haven't seen it, here's another spoiler. But they intersperse these great action shots. It's basically like a movie um, talking about how we have reacted to the warning of uh, cl- global warming. And that we're just kind of ignoring it, blah, blah, blah. There are just some amazing pictures and, and videos of wildlife, pictures of the earth from space and these hummingbirds like beating at a, at a um, you know how fast they beat their wings and you have to have a really tight camera. 10,000 a second. Something like that. And this movie also, it's a comedy. Jonah Hill is hilarious. You have Mark Rylance. It's a comedy about the world ending. Yeah. And it, it is very good. Yeah, okay, uh, I'll check it out. It is incredibly dark. Only it's only funny if you really like a really dark, dark comedy. Basically, yeah. there's two low-level astronomers who have to go on a giant media tour to warn mankind of an approaching comet, and nobody really gives a shit. And uh, nobody gives a shit about anything. <laughs> yeah, it's a really, really dark. I've noticed criticism. that, huh? Yeah, 
unless it's about them like specifically they don't really care mm-hmm. um okay well that's it's, uh, i'm gonna go I, I check think it you out. would like it okay i'll go check like it out it. i feel like i watched something this weekend but i can't remember ariana grande is in it and she is hilarious really this is one of the rare movies where like the ratings on rotten tomatoes are kind of low like it's only about 50 50 whether the reviewers like it but for me it was interesting really probably because it's so polarizing i've seen these reviews um, well i don't know a lot of movie critics i feel like probably believe in global warming well actually i've seen all these reviews and they all like don't get there like oh it just doesn't make any sense and they just they don't get the whole point of the movie what did i watch oh more succession <laughs> you did make a succession joke uh when we during the live stream oh what was uh, it? You, you called um you called making he was being a greg is it, was that right what was he doing uh I, he was talking about his bets or something or you you kept saying like you're such a greg right now what the fuck who's greg which one's greg i can't remember i've never seen it but that's what you which said which one's greg <laughs> How am I supposed to answer that? Fuck I saw you, you make the same comment. Was it? Was yeah. it I don't know if I was saying Greg, Greg though. Greg's the tall, lanky guy who's really awkward and weird. Oh yeah, he was being Greg. He yeah. making <laughs> making can be Greg sometimes, dude. He he was being Greg. He was being he was freaking out about a hundred dollars. Yeah, that's so right. That's right. So basically, making loaned me a hundred dollars. I mean, he's a fucking essentially an employee here. He's gonna get a big check for every time he coughs into a microphone um and and he's worried about a hundred dollars that he pressured me to bet on the jags money line live so that he can enjoy the last drive with me and then as soon as that dog <laughs> shit sequence is up he's like so venmo so uh will i be getting that that hundred dollars he needed to he needed to down or he needed to bring it in to mm -hmm. his WinBet app to put it in for the 4 p.m exactly he needed to, he's such a greg yep <laughs> yeah, I'll take care. Anyone with a business can tell you that when it comes to hiring these days, you don't have time to play games. You need the right players right now. You need Indeed. You can find somebody like Cowboy Reed. Indeed is a hiring partner that gets you what you really want, a short list of quality candidates as fast as possible because you can do it all. Attract, interview, and hire all at Indeed. Don't struggle on your own to find quality candidates. Indeed can help you hire the right people right now. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process so you can find talent with the skills you need through tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description and you can even invite them to apply right away. The perfect job candidate is looking for you, but until you use Indeed, you're not doing everything you can to look for them. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash greenlight. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash greenlight. Indeed.com slash greenlight. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.